Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Speak for Yourself, Marcellus Wiley. Double salute to you, Emmanuel Acho. Let's get it started in the NBA. But Kevin Durant, my guy, could only watch as his former team, the Warriors, won another NBA title. After the win, someone, somebody out there, one of them trolls tweeted, quote, Kevin Durant's legacy just died. Bow! He's now just the guy between Harrison Barnes and Andrew Wiggins. Damn! The guy who left the Beatles, quote, unquote. KD responded in part that he's been dead since July 4th, 2016. <laughs> but congrats to the Doves. That date being the day he signed with Golden State. So, Acho, how does Kevin Durant look after the Warriors title? Kevin Durant, Cell, he looks like icing. On the cake. Exactly right. Uh, Y'all got to remember, Marcellus and I had this debate, and it was one of my favorite debates. It was just last week. I compared Kevin Durant to sugar and Steph Curry to salt because sugar, as we all know, by itself is better than salt. You're never going to pour some salt on your hand and just lick your hand, but you is going to do that with some sugar. Sugar. However, sugar is not nearly as valuable as salt, and Kevin Durant not nearly as valuable as Steph Curry because what we know about salt is salt makes everything around it better. Salt and enhances the flavor of everything around it, and Steph Curry makes everyone around him better. better. Kevin Durant, I've realized, is icing, running parallel with my description of sugar, because as we know, icing's not necessary. Now, icing's a great additive. Ooh. But icing, cell, you know that. It ain't necessary. MJ, my, MJ disagrees about this. <laughs> some of my favorite cupcakes, you know what I do to them? They got too much icing on them? Take yeah. a knife. Yeah, yeah. Cut some of that icing off. Because at the end of the day, icing ain't necessary to the cake. Woo! The cake is necessary. The Warriors are the cake. The Warriors, that team, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Steve Mm. Kerr, they are the cake. But Kevin Durant is simply the icing. Now, I would be remiss and I would be imbecilic to some degree to try to act as though icing doesn't add value. Uh, uh. Icing surely adds value. Let's go. And some people that aren't entirely health conscious, what they'll do, (laughs) they'll just eat the icing. Yeah. But what you know about icing, if you've ever been one of those people who just eat the icing, is too much of it, it'll make you sick. Mm, mm. Too much Kevin Durant on that Warrior squad. What, what? Collectively made that team sick. Oh, really? Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, split attitudes. Collectively made that team sick. Too much of it. Now, if you have it in right proportions, it's all you need. So, what? I, how Kevin Durant looks after this Warriors title? He looks like icing. Duh, he helped the Warriors mm, win. Mm. And duh, icing adds some value. But as we know, icing ain't necessary because I'm eat that cake with or without it. 
and these Warriors are going to win these titles with or without him. Mm. So Kevin Durant simply looks like an additive. He doesn't look like the true substantive meal. Wow. Wow, wow. You know I'm on the other side. Kevin Durant, how should you feel? Like Tony the Tiger. Great! Let me tell you why Kevin Durant should not be stunting any of the Warriors' success that they've had since he left. I remind people that the Warriors had success before Kevin Durant arrived. Sure. So hold on. I'm supposed to feel bad if I'm Kevin Durant? Y'all won a championship after my departure? When reality check... Y'all won a championship before I even got there. But that is not giving you the details. And that's where Kevin Durant should feel great in the details. Okay. Kevin Durant was the bridge for this dynasty to even have an existence. Don't forget, one championship. Oh, best team in regular season history, but no championship. Bad Kevin Durant to come to give you two championships in three years. And then now you win another one. Without those two in the middle, are we talking about the Warriors in any sense of being dynastic? Hell no. So if I'm Kevin Durant, I sit back and say, oh, they're trying to take shots at me. Because the same team that won a championship before me just won another championship. So that's what they do. They win championships. But now they want me to feel bad because they've won one without me. Okay, so we have two things in common now, all you trolls out there who trying to pit me against the Golden State Warriors, in particular Steph Curry. One, I played for the Golden State Warriors for three years, and two, I played with Steph Curry for those three years as well. Let's look at this team in contrast with Kevin Durant and without Kevin Durant, the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry just finished his 13th year in the NBA. How many championships does he have? Four. How many championships does he have without Kevin Durant? Two. Two championships in 10 years of playing. Do the simple math. Math. Okay. All right. Columbia slash Texas. All right. All right. 20%, right? Kevin Durant played only three years there and got two championships with them. Do the math. Come on, Texas. Come on, Columbia. 66%. And asterisk. If I didn't get hurt that third one, it was going to be 100%. But my point is proven. You trying to tell me eight out of 10 times Steph Curry without me you couldn't win a championship. Sure. But in three years, you won two. Sure. So everything you've accomplished without me, we were able to do in a third of the time. Yep. Woo! If I'm Kevin Durant, I sit back and laugh at those details and say, you know how I feel? Great. Here's the problem, though, Sal. Uh-oh. You're answering a different question. No, I'm I not. I loved everything you said, but you gave the answer to the wrong question. Really? You are telling me how Kevin Durant should feel. Okay. But truth be told, it's all about how does Kevin Durant look. Okay. Because KD should feel, to some degree, okay. I don't okay. think he should feel great. Honestly, I think he should feel foolish because okay. I also <laughs> think to some degree he looks foolish. Here's wow. why. Wow. Right now, we should be discussing whether or not Kevin Durant is a top five player all time. If KD don't leave Golden State, yeah. that's the conversation we're having. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about a Steph Curry top 10 all time. Mm-hmm. We are exclusively talking about is Kevin Durant top five all time. Yeah. We are sitting here saying, well, look, KD got to be better than LeBron mm. because they met head to head more mm. times than not. And KD won because had KD stayed, KD would have played LeBron James more likely for the several times. Got you. Those are the conversations we should be having. Mm. Instead, the majority of analysts or at least the public opinion is like, you know what? Steph don't need KD because we are a what-have-you-done-for-me-now type of league. We're a what-have-you-done-for-me-now type of body of people. KD looks to me foolish. Really? So what did he gain by departing that will last the test of time? 
Right. See, what right. he might have gained by departing is uh, appeasing himself in the moment, appeasing his pride in the moment, appeasing his ego in the moment. But that don't stand the test of time. I sure, always sure. have to ask myself, and somebody told me this when I was in high school, it stuck with me since. Mm. If I fight you and I win, what do I win? Ask yourself that question before you get in any literal physical altercation yeah. and before you honestly get in any verbal altercations. Mm -hmm. If I fight you, stranger, and I win, what do I win? Because at times you want to get into a fight just to appease your ego. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take them out. Mm -hmm. You get into an argument with your significant other knowing you want to win the battle. But if I argue with you and I win, yeah. what do I win when I end up sleeping on the couch? <laughs> Don't stand the test of time. Kevin Durant, if I leave you Golden State, Yes, I appease my ego in the moment. I appease my attitude in the moment. But 20 years from now, we're not talking about Katie's ego and Katie's attitude. We're talking about Kevin Durant's chips. Yeah. We're talking about yeah. what Kevin Durant has that stands the test of time. So for me, Sal, he looks a little foolish because he left a team that continued to win after him. I don't think he looks foolish in that conversation. But hey, Kobe and Shaq forevermore will be looking foolish if that's the logic because... Man, if y'all would have stayed together, y'all would have won seven, nine, 12 championships. We heard that conversation. Don't, but don't you think but I don't that think they, they look did, foolish? I think so. At the time, I was, I don't know, I was in my embryonic basketball fandom stages, or I was in my peak, truly, because I was 13, 14 years old. Which and one? I remember Which Shaq and Kobe, they break up. And Shaq, uh, hey, Kobe, hey, tell me how my butt tastes. Oh, like yeah, rap yeah, songs yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 13, 14. I'm a kid. Yeah. And I'm looking at Shaq, a man like, this is what grown men act like, like talking about your former teammate like that. Well, he did I, Shazam. Don't act like that wasn't the first time. <laughs> but I think it was a little foolish because I'm like, bruh, y'all could be a dynasty. Mm -hmm. And instead, y'all part in your separate ways. And for what? So I would have argued, particularly in that moment, mm -hmm. they did collectively look foolish. Well, they did it because they wanted to do it their own way. As Kobe Bryant famously quoted, I want to win, but I want to be the reason. We win. And I think Kevin Durant is on that journey right now. It's not over. So far, he hasn't reached that destination. But so far, Steph Curry has. But I remind people, Steph Curry had reached that destination before Kevin Durant. So don't act like he's got somewhere new. He's arrived at a new place. He has not. He's been back to that place that he was at before Kevin Durant, which was much more difficult to arrive at before Kevin Durant. Much more difficult to arrive at after Kevin Durant, but was so easy to do with Kevin Durant. Here we go. Let's talk about it. I love your advice in terms of arguing with people and fighting with people. I don't do that. My therapist told me don't argue with my wife because if I win, she's a loser and mm -hmm. I don't want to be with a loser. So don't create a losing proposition for her to your point. But to my point, Kevin Durant doesn't look foolish, doesn't feel foolish because the reality is he's not a fool. Kevin Durant put juice into this team. Nitrous, a team that had eight out of 10 opportunities failing in terms of winning the championship, all of a sudden wins two out of three. Kevin Durant got to be like, dog, I'm the nitrous, bro. Without me, what are y'all doing? Struggling one every five years. We may get a chip. Without me, what are you guys? And Steph Curry, I know what this conversation is doing. It's thinly veiling Steph Curry in terms of look at Steph Curry now. People universally regard Kevin Durant as a better basketball player than Steph Curry. They did then. Some people are trying to change that opinion now. But I remind those same people, when they met on the Golden State Warriors, when Kevin Durant joined that team, who had more team titles? Steph Curry. But he still wasn't regarded higher than Kevin Durant. Who had more regular season MVPs? Steph Curry. And he still wasn't regarded higher than Kevin Durant. 
Now, who has more finals MVPs? Kevin Durant. And so, therefore, how can Steph Curry ever be regarded as higher? More importantly, how could his team look at themselves and make Kevin Durant feel bad when Kevin Durant, like, when I'm there, it's easy to win these championships. When I'm not there, y'all won one before me, y'all won without me. But damn, wasn't it hell to pay to go get them. You make a good point, but the, the thing I don't think you're looking at is Kevin Durant looking in the mirror. That's, I think, the, the flaw you're making. And what are you doing? <laughs> the <laughs> flaw with your argument is this. You're <laughs> acting as though Kevin Durant is only looking at the Warriors and saying, man, when y'all had me, mm. life was a lot better, Golden mm. State, than your life has been without me. Okay. Now, to some degree, that's true, right? Yeah. Like, it's easier for Steph Curry to win a chip with KD than it is without him. But the mistake you're making is mm. not acknowledging eventually Kevin Durant has to stop looking at Golden State and has to start looking at himself. I'm going. I'm and going. when Kevin Durant looks at himself, he has to look at himself and acknowledge, dang, life was a lot easier with Golden State, too. Yeah. Because yeah. when I was with Golden State, I didn't have to deal with Kyrie here today, gone tomorrow. When I was with Golden State, I didn't have to deal with being the leader of the team, something I self-proclaimed as Kevin Durant didn't want to do. Mm. Kevin Durant, November 16th, 2017. I don't want to have to be the leader. I'm not a leader. <laughs> simple as that. Oh, like, simple as that. Ke- Kevin Durant that. now has okay. to play roles that he didn't necessarily want to play. So while you might to some degree be right in regards to Kevin Durant staring at everybody else, Kevin Durant looks at himself mm. eventually. Mm. And when he looks at himself, he's going to realize, dang, this is much harder for me than it was. So thus, I do think that he was a fool in that moment. I'll ask you like this and I'll end. Mm. Would you consider yourself a thief? Yes. I've stolen a lot. But um, I, am I a thief at heart? Am I a thief? Like, do you have to worry if I come over? Yes, you do. No, 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 you don't. I stopped stealing, but I used to be a thief. I used Great. To steal and yeah. you answered that question in two sets. You said, yes, but then you said, I've stolen. Yeah. Two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Durant isn't currently a fool, but that was foolish. Mm. So that's the point I'm making. I don't think Kevin Durant is perpetu- in perpetuity a fool. Yeah. No, but I think to leave Golden State was foolish. Yeah. If you stay in Golden State, you win several more championships and now look at him i don't know if he wins again yeah he does win more championships but as he was winning championships everybody kept taking the championships away from him in terms of credit good point. right so it's like good point. what am i really getting like who put the hole point. in the water balloon and kept filling it up talking about oh you're a champion oh let it go where's my championship credit he kept losing that as you said you got a quote from Kevin Durant saying it's as simple as what he said. I got a quote from Klay Thompson. Let's hear Klay Thompson talk about this 2019 playoffs in terms of missing Kevin Durant. I think I got some sound right here. Look at me using my elements. I'm happy we won so we can get some rest and get him healthy because if we want to get this 3P, we desperately need him back. Um, You know, he's our best player, so we dearly miss him and we'll hold it down while he's out, but it's not the same without him. Far from it. Oh, he giving that funeral head shake, too. Like, <laughs> he ain't coming back. And if he don't come back, life's going to be different. They knew it. Kevin Durant showed it. They knew it. And it's crazy. In the moment, they were trying to rob Kevin Durant of his credit. Now, since he's departed and they won again, the collective is trying to rob Kevin Durant of his credit. This is the conversation we're really having. Is more always better? Is more always greater? Because Steph Curry has more championships than Kevin Durant. But is it really greater in terms of him being a better player? Is it really making Kevin Durant look like, hey, Steph's a better player? You and I get all offered this a lot. I know it in conversation. Who's smarter? I told Marcellus. I hear it all the time. Who has more degrees, me or you? You do. 
Uh, but I don't feel lesser because I have one degree because my one degree is a strong degree, just like your two degrees are a strong degree. But does it make you greater? Does it make you better? Does You're it make you smarter? Okay. Think about it. Real. Think about it because I sit here and I don't look any less than you this despite is you having more championships. Hurt. Steph Curry. I love this. Um, Cause Cause I'm I'm KD, you, baby. I love when you personalize things. Yes. Um, there does come a point where my degrees can outweigh your one. You think? Columbia degree, Texas degree. Paper, Columbia degree, period. Yeah, yeah. Master's degree from Texas, Columbia degree. Okay, now it starts to get dicey. Oh, you got closer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I won't even say that I got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying now it starts to get dicey. Yeah, yeah. Doctorate, huh? now all of a sudden, from where? Congrats. it don't matter. <laughs> keep, keep it in Texas. Really? Get yourself a doctorate. Right. Now I think it's outweighed mm-hmm. the, uh, the, uh, the bachelor's or undergrad degree. Because yeah. yeah. there does come a point where I do outweigh you. The mm. degree cannot weigh it. Yeah. Let's go here because we will end here at some point in time in the show in maybe 45 minutes. <laughs> Tom Brady only had two titles, two Super Bowls. We would definitely regard Peyton Manning oh, by far. as a better quarterback. Oh, by far. If Tom Brady only had three titles, we would still regard Peyton Manning as a better quarterback. Mm. Tom Brady has four titles. Mm. It starts to get dicey. Yeah. Now I think his coin flip, figure it out. But the fact that Tom Brady got to seven, we don't even have the conversation because Tom Brady got seven. Mm. So I wholeheartedly agree with you, right? Like when you hear people say all the time, not all money is good money. Yeah, yeah. The more more wealth I've acquired, the more I understand that phrase. I didn't get it when I was fully broke. Now that I got a little bit of money, I understand (laughs) not all money is good money. There comes a point where Steph Curry's championships Four yeah. now clearly outweigh Kevin Durant's two plus his two finals MVPs, and I think four was that magic number. Okay, I could give you that in argument to make you sound smarter. Uh, I could give you he's outweighed Kevin Durant in terms of total accolade achievement. But does Kevin Durant feel bad with what he has? That one, sorry, two Columbia degrees that Kevin Durant possesses. <laughs> I don't think he feels bad at all. But Bar Scott may agree with you or disagree with you. We're going to talk about that later in the show. But coming up. Are Derek Carr and Devontae Adams the best new quarterback-wide receiver combo in football? We'll reveal our top five later. But first, the Browns could be paying some of Baker Mayfield's salary to get a trade done. We'll tell you if they're mishandling the whole situation. Next on Speak for Yourself. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Baker Mayfield is still a Cleveland Brown, and his future is in question. Now, all signs point to the Panthers being a top contender for a trade, but Baker's salary appears to be a sticking point. However, a report says that the Browns are willing to pay around half of a salary in order to get a deal done. Mm. So, we've been talking about this Baker Mayfield issue all offseason. It's been one of the most dramatic stories in sports. Yeah. Are the Browns mishandling Baker Mayfield? Absolutely. When you said they'll pay half of his salary, to me, what comes to mind is that they're handling this situation and they're being half pregnant about it. And this is the problem. 
You made the right decision in moving on from Baker Mayfield. Why? If you would have lined this team up that's a Super Bowl contending roster with the worst quarterback in your division, as you just saw Joe Burrow take his team to the Super Bowl, you would have been doing yourself a disservice. So you did the right thing in flipping Baker Mayfield for Deshaun Watson, right? So in all this flipping, okay, we're going to flip, flip, flip. Like the Olympics, you see the gymnasts out there, flip, 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 flip. The most important part is not those flips. <laughs> like, that's all right, that's Talk default. About it. It's status quo. Everybody can flip. Talk about it. Who can stick the landing? Talk about and it. And now look at these Cleveland Browns coming in for the landing. Only $9 million. Just gave Deshaun $230 million. They tripping, set tripping over $9 million. Bow, here's a landing like this. You can't land like this. You have to. Absorb that extra $9 million, whatever is necessary, to get Baker Mayfield off your roster and move forward. Now, the only disclaimer would be, well, we're saving Baker Mayfield in case of emergency. Mm. What if Deshaun can't play? He's our insurance policy. Well, this is not how you treat Baker Mayfield this offseason if he's your insurance policy. You don't excuse him from mandatory minicamp if he's your insurance policy. So because of all of this, you did the right thing in flipping quarterbacks. But damn it, stick to landing, please. Man, one of my favorite things about this show is not the sports dialogue. I apologize. It's for what's about to come next. Uh-huh. These marital conversations. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm here for um, you. Here so, for you. What's up? do you believe in the phrase right person, wrong time, wrong person? Right person, wrong time, right person. Right person, hmm? wrong time, yeah, yeah. wrong person. Because if you meet Ooh. the right person, but it's at the wrong time, yeah. then they're not the right person. Where you stand on that? Wow. Never thought about that. You hit me right here. I disagree with it. My, my, my bones are telling me, nah, B, uh, timing is a lot, but it's not everything in it comes to relationships. Fair, okay. fair, fair. So I agree with it. Right person, wrong time, wrong person. Mm. Right decision, wrong time, wrong decision. Mm. The Browns made the right decision to move on from Baker Mayfield, but they did it at the wrong time. And thus, it's the wrong decision. I like that. Brown said, you know what, Baker, we're going to move on from you. But the problem is the Brown said, hey, Baker, we are going to commit to you first because Deshaun said he was out on Cleveland. Mm. So the Brown said, hey, Baker, we're going to commit to you first. Mm. Then they retroactively said, oh, we got Deshaun. Hey, Baker, we are going to decommit from you. Problem. You're not dealing with inanimate objects. You're dealing with human beings with real emotions. Yeah. So after you make Baker a promise and you break that promise now baker as a human has the right to be in his feelings as marcellus wiley will tell you based on therapy sessions you cannot tell someone how to feel you can't tell someone how to feel Mm. so now you got baker mayfield in his feelings because though you made the right decision in saying you're going to move on from baker mayfield you made it at the wrong time Mm. and as a result you made the wrong decision Mm. what the browns should have done but they were properly handling this is make Baker no promises. Let's let the Deshaun Watson situation play out. The difference between Deshaun Watson saying he wasn't going to Cleveland and he was going to Cleveland was around five days. Yeah. About five yeah. days passed between Deshaun saying, nope, I'm not going to Cleveland. And we all said New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta. Those were the questions. Those were the teams that needed quarterbacks. New Orleans signed Jameis, two years, 28. So then it was Atlanta, then it was Carolina. Next thing you know, Cleveland finds the money, Deshaun goes back. I'm not mad at Cleveland for moving on from Baker Mayfield. If you have Deshaun Watson, you must move on from Baker Mayfield. I'm mad at Cleveland's timing because I'm a fervent believer. Right decision, wrong time, 
wrong decision. Mm. They made the right decision in theory, but because it was at the wrong time, ultimately, they made the wrong decision. Huh. Uh, See, you highlighted why I don't agree with that, because we're talking about humans. We're talking about people with emotions. We're talking about people with variables in terms of how they're going to respond, not just some object that's okay. This is what happens is black or white. Since it's color, since there is vibrance when it comes to this situation, we got to talk about it with that nuance. Some could say that, oh, what did you say? Right person, wrong time, wrong Wrong person. Wrong person. It's just a justification to keep your freedom, to being single in a relationship concept. How does it apply to this? It's this simple. You always ask me, what did I do once I called off all the engagements. I've been engaged four times. You always say, did you ask for the ring? Did you not ask for the ring? But your conversation is basically asked me, did I take care of Baker when I broke up with him? Did I text him? Did I see if he was okay? And usually, what do I always tell you? I always say keep the ring because I don't give a damn. But I'm not an organization. I'm not sitting there saying this is an $18 million, 18 karat ring. Mm -hmm. This organization is sitting there saying, We don't want to necessarily treat you bad, but you are taking a lot of us with you. So now we got to decipher what's the difference. You have to you have to have Deshaun Watson when you have Deshaun Watson opportunity. I don't care if Deshaun Watson has five other teams he's thinking about. When Deshaun Watson about faces and looks at you as an organization, you got to say attention. You got (laughs) to respond to him now. That comes with consequences. Baker, I know yesterday we said we were going to go out, but today let me bring it in your terms. You got two people to date, right? And one of them you really want to date, and one of them is like, I hope she's the friend. I hope she stays the homie, right? And then the one that you really want to date keeps talking about, oh, I'm out of town. I'll be back. I don't know. I'll chill. But you know what? I really care for you. As soon as I get in town, we go hang out. Meanwhile, the one that you don't really want to hang out with is like, what you doing tonight? I'm always available. Baker Mayfield. Finally, <laughs> you're like, all right, Baker, I'm bored. It's Wednesday. Let's hang out. And then she texts you, the one that's never in town. What are you doing on Wednesday? You're like, ah, nothing. What's going on? Now, what about Baker? What about Baker, Cleveland Brown? I mean, Cleveland Nacho. What about (laughs) Baker in this moment? That's all that occurred right here. In this situation, dog, I get it. It's not the highest moral ground to stand on. But it's the fine print of the NFL, and that's how the game works. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That is fair. But the issue at hand is I in that predicament would have mishandled the situation. Cause now look at me. Okay. Really? The one I really wanted, I am free Wednesday. I'd already committed to Baker for Wednesday night. But the one I really wanted, text me, hey, I'm free Wednesday, I'll show you free. Bet. What you gonna but say? But what happens when the one I really wanted stands me up? Now I'm sitting at the house by myself Wednesday because I canceled on the one that wanted me and the one that I really wanted got canceled. So now I'm sitting at home alone what's going to happen to the browns week one because the one that really wanted the browns and baker mayfield no longer wants them and the one that the browns really want and deshaun watson is on the verge of getting canceled for nfl regular season games Mm. obviously let's go deep now the browns gonna be sitting week one by themselves with jacoby Brissett. so yeah if the question on the floor is Did I, did Cleveland mishandle that situation? The answer is abundantly and a resounding, yes, you mishandled the situation. Now, I can't fault how they handled the situation Mm -hmm. because conventional logic says, hey, if you got the chance to get with Deshaun, you get with Deshaun. Yes. But in retrospect, 
they would have mishandled the situation, and we are now living in retrospect. We're now living with hindsight, seeing like, yo, y'all played yourselves, and to some degree, it serves you right, because you played Baker first. Yeah, you know what's crazy? They didn't mishandle it. Uh, the more you speak, the more I feel convinced that they're handling this a proper, properly and in the right way. Baker Mayfield. You think that they played themselves, but you played yourself into this position in the first place, being inadequate, being real. It's like you don't put nobody in the friend zone unless some of those one to ten scale ratings is a lot of sevens, a lot of sixes. Like they're not ten across the charts and you sitting there like, yeah, but I'm cool on her personality, looks, uh, intelligent. Like what's, they, wrong, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? That I'm telling them my way of my code? <laughs> Let me tell you. Baker Mayfield got a lot of sixes and sevens on that report card for you to say, yeah, I'm not so available. You are in my insurance policy. We all understand how that feels. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson has a lot of nines and tens. Then he got this one class that is incomplete, and we don't know what that grade going to be like, and we're going to wait for Goodell to give him that grade. My point being this, Baker Mayfield, beggars can't be choosy. And you become a beggar in this league when you don't perform up to standard. Simple as that. When you only win six games, six games, six games, and 11 games, they looking at you like, dog, don't you try and dictate terms. We gave you your opportunity for four years. Matter of fact, we dated you for four years. Matter of fact, we went everywhere with you for four years. And guess where you led us? So now our eyes are wandering out there. Now our eyes are set on Deshaun Watson. Only issue is his availability. But when he is available, guess what? I will be available, ready for Deshaun Watson to take us to the promised land. We can discuss, argue till we are blue in the face mm -hmm. about whether or not Baker Mayfield is a starting caliber quarterback. We can't have that discussion. The discussion we cannot ever have is Baker Mayfield as a backup. Baker Mayfield as a backup in Cleveland is a A++++ caliber talent. Okay. Can't decipher that at all. There's no discussion, excuse me, rather. Uh. The reason I say they mishandled it is because they could have had their cake and ate it as well. Mm. You could keep Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson. You could have yeah. had you played your cards yeah. right, at least for part of the season. If the Niners, and I'm not talking from a monetary perspective, I'm talking from a logical perspective. If the Niners have been able to keep Jimmy G and Trey Lance for over a year now, mm. then you could keep Deshaun Watson, who we know is on the verge of some degree of suspension, and Baker Mayfield for a couple games until the trade deadline. The reason they've mishandled it, Cell, is because they are going to put themselves in a losing proposition and a losing predicament. The losing predicament is this. Week one, whether you are for Deshaun Watson, against Deshaun Watson, whether you believe him, don't believe him, wherever you stand, you still understand he's going to get suspended. Yeah. Because the NFL just has to, at a minimum, Optically, they have to. Okay. So the Browns have put themselves in a compromising position because now who was your week one starter? A career backup in Jacoby Brissett under a first-year head coach, under a first-time combination Jacoby Brissett head coach with Kevin Stefanski? Mm. When your week one starter could have been Baker Mayfield going on his third year with Kevin Stefanski where he's 17 and 13 as a starter. Mm -hmm. So the reason I say they've mishandled it is because they haven't handled it to the best of their abilities to put themselves in the best position to win. Oh, man. Yeah, I can tell you in them streets still because you want to date the one you have until you can date the one you want. And you playing the one you have. And uh -oh. the one that you have. Break that down for me, big dog. Uh, break that you down know for it me. Is. When you're stuck there, when eight is enough, and you're like, I got eights all across the board. I love her. She's great. 
there's something missing. A lot of girls say the spark, but dudes be like, something ain't right. All right, so whatever. So you're dating, you're dating, and then someone catches your eye. And it's just obvious. And then you guys connect. Then you guys bond. And then y'all having this little secret DM texting exchange that is above board. It's all friendly, but it's suggesting a lot more. Deshaun Watson is sitting there like, dog, you got to commit to me. Baker Mayfield is sitting there saying, you got to commit to me as well. And I ain't stupid. I know when you're committed to me because you have been the last four years versus when you're not, when you have that wandering eye. Baker Mayfield shot the first public shot about this. Cleveland Browns were just doing their due diligence. Like, yo, anytime we could upgrade at any position, we're here for the taking. And Baker Mayfield writes a love letter. Look how Hacho's treating me. And you're like, wait a minute, we're still together. Oh, no, no. I just want everyone to know how he's treating me and then want to do all this public outcry. Meanwhile, the Browns are doing what they're supposed to do, which is try to upgrade their roster to the fullest. So Baker Mayfield in this moment, I don't think he could have went into the season seeing this half commitment saying, well, Baker, we want you for our insurance policy. At the same time, Deshaun Watson is really his team. Baker already showed as soon as you weren't fully committed to him, he was going to spaz and tell the homegirls that you ain't. Coming up, Russell Wilson says he wanted to go to a team that wants to win. Boy, I wish I could curse him. <laughs> we'll tell you if he'll regret leaving the Seahawks. That's next on Speak for Yourselves. Don't act like you ain't been called that. <laughs> Russell Wilson spent 10 seasons with the Seahawks. But those days are over, and now he's in Denver. Russ had a lot of success in Seattle, but he recently shed some light on why he wanted to join the Broncos. Take a listen. I want to make sure I go to a city that wants to win. I want to make sure I go to a team that wants to win. And I want to go to a city that knows how to win. And uh, all those three things were checked off the box here in Denver. And so um, I think we got a chance. Acho, will Russell Wilson regret leaving the Seahawks? No, sir. Um, There's no way he can regret leaving the Seahawks. There's no way Russell Wilson regrets it. Because to me, regret is usually dictated by one of two actions occurring. You regret something because the person you left is currently doing better than you are doing. Or, excuse me, you you regret occurs because the person you left is doing better than they were doing, Mm. or you're doing worse. Mm. Just usually just one of them two things, right? Like, Russell Wilson can only regret leaving Seattle if Seattle starts doing better than they were doing when he was there. Or... Russell Wilson will regret leaving Seattle <laughs> if Russell Wilson starts doing worse than Russell Wilson was doing when he was there. That's the only time regret going, Kurt. Yeah. Break up with somebody. You regret it if you see, like, dang, they shining now. <laughs> like, they doing better than they was doing when they was with me. Or you break up with somebody. You regret it because you're like, man, I'm not as happy now. Like, I'm doing worse than I was doing when I was with them. Yeah. That's when regret occurs relationally. The Seahawks aren't going to be any better this year. Say it. One they don't have a quarterback. Hmm. Who are they finna start? Drew Locke, Geno Smith, I don't know. That's Russ' fault. But they don't have a quarterback, so they're not going to do any better this year. Hmm. And two, Russell Wilson will at least individually, and because of last year's injury, he'll collectively with his team do significantly better. For the first time in Russell Wilson's career, and a lot, not often we can say for the first time in a career as illustrious as Russell Wilson's, but for the first time in Russell Wilson's career, he's going to play with an offensive-minded head coach. Okay. He's a quarterback that's the first ballot Hall of Famer. For the first time in a first ballot Hall of Famer's career, he's going to get to play with an offensive-minded head coach. Imagine what that's going to do for Russell Wilson, particularly in this day and age of self-proclamation. See, it was different for Tom Brady. 
playing from 2000 in, in New England or in those early years before social media. Social media before that day and age, there wasn't a whole bunch of self-proclamation. There wasn't a whole bunch of let me cook type of conversations. But in this day and age, when it's not so much, hey, how's your team doing? It's, hey, how are you doing? You got to make sure that you're doing well. So Russ won't, won't regret it because Russ is about to ball in Denver, at least individually. Okay. And the Seahawks aren't going to ball without Russ. Yeah, there's no way he could regret this. Uh, he just went to a better situation all the way around, especially when Russell West, uh, Westbrook Wilson looks at his career. He realizes there's been some key ingredients that's been missing of late for him talk to about have it. success. Mr. them out, sir. Let's talk about the running game. Yes, sir. Let's talk about the defense. Talk about it. And like you said, let's talk about a creative, either coordinator or head coach that can be offensive-minded and let me shine, let me cook if I'm Russell Wilson. It's ran its course when it comes to Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson playing football. It's ran its course. It's over. All of the toothpastes out of the tube. They tried it. They tried to reconfigure it. Coordinator after coordinator came in, left. They've tried it, tried it with the running game. Let Russ cook, running game, let Russ cook. They tried it. We're going to draft on the defensive side. We're going to keep the same mantra. We've tried it all, and guess what? These are our results. Early success, and then trying to revise what they were doing, they never found that same early success. So what do you do if you're Russell Wilson? You go to a different team. (laughs) You go to a top three scoring defense in the Denver Broncos. You go to a team that has weapons on the offensive side. You go to a team that can take the ball away from this opponent. You go to a better team and you say, now, add me to this team. I may be the cherry on top. I look at the Seattle situation and I say, if I'm Russell Wilson, look, we tried. I understand some of it is on me. I got hurt last year. Before that, hey, the coordinators and I, we just didn't get along in terms of ultimate success. We tried before. And then before, it was early credit to the defense, early credit to the running game. Then it was about me. And in my last nine playoff games as a Seattle Seahawk, I am three and six. Mm -hmm. It's over. We ran this course. Now it's time to go to New Horizons, get some new blood, and play for the Broncos. Okay, we agree on that. So let's go somewhere people aren't going to go on linear television. Um, (laughs) where might Russ regret? I think Russ might regret his lack of love going forward. Hmm. See, in Seattle, Russ was beloved. Not only was he loved by the Seahawks, but if we're being honest, Russ was loved by the National Football League. Hmm. He had pledged his allegiance to the Seahawks and he had not left. This has been the loudest offseason of criticism for Russell Wilson in all of his offseason. More than last year when he was sitting next to Goodell again and he had to go through all of that. I'm leaving the team. Here's my four teams. Oh, I'm not leaving. And those four teams was just mentioned. More often than than not, we criticized Russell Wilson as a football player, if ever. Mm. Now we're criticizing Russell Wilson as a person and a football player. Talk to me, big dog. See, now we're talking about, okay, Russ, you – Left Seattle, but you're three and six in your last nine playoff games. Anytime you try to cook, you burn down the uh, kitchen. Criticism, football player. <laughs> but now more than ever, yeah. Russell Wilson's a square. Russell Wilson's oh. corny. Oh. Uh, Russell Wilson's cringy. Oh, Ugh, Denver. Thank God y'all got Russell Wilson. I don't know if you saw the Russell Wilson uh, uh, video shoot for the Jumbotron that he has to do uh-huh. when uh, uh, he was like, let's ride. Like, it's, it's just real awkward. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Here we go. More than ever, yeah. Russ is getting criticized as a person, 
and a player to the point where he has to go defend himself publicly. I don't know, again, if you saw Russell Wilson. Now, not even like him. This was mm. Russ acting out mm. of character. Mm. Posts a video on Twitter of him uh, surprising his wife and the caption, like, stay corny or stay square, my friends. Uh, like, Russ now uh, feels the need to defend his character. Yeah. Something Russell Wilson has never done. Through divorce, through remarriage, through being a star quarterback, through being the reason his team lost the reason his team lost the Super Bowl, to being maybe the reason his team won a Super Bowl, he's never felt the need to defend himself. Through let me cook, Yo. through burning down the kitchen. But now on social media, mm. it's as if he's taking a shot at the trolls or the analysts. Yeah. To me, the only place I think he might regret is now he has to deal with more criticism than ever. Man, I, I don't see it exactly like you, but I don't live on Twitter streets like you do, too. Dangerous. Right, right, right. Like, I live around the corner from the Twitter streets. You live on the, you, the alley goes through your house. Like, everybody knows that you know them Twitter streets. But didn't Russell Wilson in the past have the braids and change his voice and respond to everybody saying, oh, he was soft or he wasn't hard? Didn't I hear that before? I don't know. Those are your Twitter streets. But I will say this. I will agree with you here. Our culture, our world likes to protect its babies. Mm -hmm. And it's not just because they're defenseless. People always think it's that. Y'all being simple. It's not that. It's also because it's yours. It's because it's yours. So in Seattle, we protect Russell yep. Wilson because he's ours, damn it. He's our third rounder, right? But as soon as that baby gets older, every parent does this. First of all, you got your ranking. I love MJ more than I love the right. You know, you start doing that. You don't tell anyone that, but you have that in your head. And another thing is you have a list of their indiscretions, but it's to you. You keep it tough. You may tell Auntie Tosca, maybe, <laughs> maybe one of your close aunties. You don't tell everybody, right? And then that same child leaves the house. Mm -hmm. Oh, once they leave the house, here we go for public display. I don't know how it gets out, but all of a sudden you start to realize and read them their rights. You start to understand they have their flaws. They have their issues. That's all Russell Wilson's going through right now. In terms of uh, Kevin Durant, once he made those leaps in Golden State, he was more protected than when he left Golden State. As soon as that baby wants to leave the house and you ain't ours now, oh, attention, we're going to shoot back. Because here's the problem. I think what Russell Wilson will regret, Jesus, that's a tongue twister. What Russell Wilson will regret. <laughs> you pulled it off, though. <laughs> that's what's so special. Damn. Um, I think what Russ will regret is that he's now kind of homeless, if you will. Say it. Figuratively speaking, obviously. See, Seattle was claiming Russ, but now he's gone. We ain't got no reason to claim you. You ain't ours no more. Mm. Denver has no reason to claim him because he ain't done nothing for Denver no more. So now Russ has found himself kind of home alone, just kind of in between two houses. Seattle ain't got love for me because mm. I done left them. Mm. Denver ain't got love for me because I ain't earned their love yet. So now I'm just kind of navigating life as an NFL figurative foster child trying to figure <laughs> out what home is going to be mine. Oh, wow. That I genuinely think is where Russ will regret because if we can have a true, authentic, last little moments of dialogue – those that are protected the most end up the most emotionally fragile mm, mm. because they haven't had to deal with they the shots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if we were to take a poll, I would put a lot of money on the fact that Russ has been one of the most beloved athletes for the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the field, yeah. off the field. Yeah. Everybody, I wish my daughter could be with Russell Wilson, right? Yeah, yeah. But now it's different. And the reason we know it's different is because Russ has had to make a point of acknowledging it. Russ has an 80-plus million dollar contract. 
He has uh, his wife is one of the top entertainers in the history of our generational world. Mm, mm, mm. And yet you feel the need to come down from the heavens in which you figuratively <laughs> reign to throw shade at the little uh, scum, if you will, compared to you, Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. You feel the need to come down from your throne and address the nonsensical nonsense mm. of everybody else. That means that <laughs> maybe his nonsense. maybe his throne ain't as high up as we think, and maybe Russ is actually going to be more emotionally vulnerable than we thought. That's where the regret will come in. Oh man, it's there's so many parallels, so many parallels with Russell Wilson and Kevin Durant in terms of not getting the proper amount of credit yep. despite being a champion, right? There are parallels there. I will leave that for a later conversation. But Russell Wilson was protected in success. He had his success. He was a champion. And a lot of people overlooked whatever issues they had with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was so protected, he lost a Super Bowl literally by his own throw. And Seattle still hugged him tighter. They didn't loosen their grasp. They hugged him tighter. And now he's leaving, and all of a sudden people start to say, you know what? Retroactively, let's look back at all the things that we once forgot. So now Russell Wilson finds himself where everyone else, as you said, that crown's a little bit lower. Welcome to the masses where, oh, you think it's better elsewhere. First and foremost, we're going to show you how good you had it here. Now, if he gets to Denver and doesn't hit the ground running, uh-oh, that's when the regret really is going to kick in. Coming up. We're going to see a lot of new quarterback and wide receiver combos this year. But which one is the best? We'll reveal our top five next on Speak for Yourself. Big Went Mark places. <laughs> Went places. Mm, who's the minions? Now, Lamar Jackson was at mandatory minicamp last week, but there's still no long-term deal for the former NFL MVP, unanimous MVP at that. Now, Ravens quarterback coach James Urban does not see a problem on the field saying the team does not worry about outside distractions, and Lamar is, quote, a master of that. Quote, quote. So, Marcellus, will Lamar's contract be a distraction this season? Oh, no, not at all. It's going to be motivation. Like T.I. said, better get on your job, boy. Hey, you better get on your job. Woo! Tell him. Man, when that money right in front of you and that money all around you and that money in you, oh, all you can do is be money in these situations, and that's who Lamar Jackson is. Do y'all remember... The Baltimore Ravens before Lamar Jackson, trying to figure it out. Coach Harbaugh, unfortunately, it felt like, on the hot seat. Joe Flacco, you ain't it, even though you're having an okay year. You're not our future. And then Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens move up. Ozzie Newsom's last year with the 32nd pick. Pick Lamar Jackson. You mean the guy who can't play quarterback? Yeah, the guy who's going to save this franchise, become not only the face of the franchise, but one of two unanimous MVPs in NFL history. So he knows who he is. He knows that this organization is going to take care of him. So why does Lamar have to race to the money when the money's already in him? I look at this situation as everything is going to go in his favor. The only thing that can make this thing collapse the house of cards, like in any situation, is if you don't live up to your standard. If you go out there and lay an egg in terms of all your performances, we're going to have a different conversation. But that's the same conversation you have for every single player. But in terms of injury, Lamar Jackson's protected. Dak Prescott proved that. In terms of taking a franchise tag, Lamar Jackson is protected. Ask Kirk Cousins about it. There's no way this could go wrong for Lamar Jackson. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, it's not a distraction, coach. 
It's nothing but motivation. Mm, the real stand-up guy of the A-Town. <laughs> Can't even look me in my eye. Put your face down. Oh, man. Yeah. I wrote a philosophy paper on that song. Did you? Yeah, we'll okay. talk about that another day. Um, it won't be a distraction. I agree with you. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's contract, it won't be a distraction because I just think we are far along in NFL contract negotiations in society where – Players ain't worried about it no more. Ain't like when I was in Philly, I saw a plethora of contract negotiations mm. and they were not distracting. Here's the real problem. What we've seen from Lamar Jackson the last two years is a decline. Okay. 36 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns, 16 touchdowns, six interceptions, mm. nine interceptions, mm. 13 interceptions. Mm. If you learn nothing else about the NBA Finals besides Steph Curry's a top 10 player, what you should have learned. What's that? What you also probably should have learned is this. What's that? We go find a reason to blame bad performance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Draymond Green uh-huh. struggled in the worst way. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we had to blame it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Because you can't just be bad. There's got to be a reason for you being bad. If Lamar Jackson struggles this year, let me tell you what the reason's going to be. Mm. Outstanding contract. Mm. He's distracted because of his contract. Contract negotiations. His mom should have just signed the deal. Lamar should have just signed the deal. Mm. So I don't think his contract is going to be a distraction from the outset. But I do think his contract is going to get a lot of blame, whether necessarily or unnecessarily. Because we got to blame bad performance on something. Mm. Right now, what we blaming it on. Defenses have caught up to Lamar. That's what we're saying. Oh, my God. Oh, defenses have caught up to him. Uh, Greg Roman's offense, it's not pliable enough. That's got to be Hollywood Brown. Too many drops. Mm. Oh, man, the offense is limited. Too many tight ends. Everything's between the seams. It's easy to game plan against. Man, Lamar Jackson, he's just gotten a little bit slower. He's lost a step. Taking one too many hits. Mm. We got to find a reason for bad play. Can't just be bad play. If he struggles this year, the reason for the bad play is going to be the contract negotiations. So I don't think it's going to be a distraction from the outset. Absolutely not. But I do think that his contract negotiation is going to take the blame for any bad play. And thus, it will be a distraction. Oh, man. I don't think they're going to look at it like that because the NFL knows how it grades its prospects. And it's not always in terms of success being linear. Like, you don't always get better even though you can be more valuable. Think about it. Patrick Mahomes was a MVP. 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and didn't win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Next year, you come back 26-5. and five. It Sound like decline to me, except they win a Super Bowl. Ah. Okay, then let's go flip it around. 38-6. and six. Okay, next year, 37-13. and 13. Hmm. You went from going to the Super Bowl and losing to not making it to the Super Bowl. But then are you in decline, Patrick Mahomes? You got paid in the midst of all of this. So if Patrick Mahomes is going to be our standard because he makes the most in the NFL, then how is Lamar Jackson going to suffer when we've seen kind of the roller coaster numbers by our greatest player at the position, at least monetarily? So if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm like, dog. What if I have more team success even if my numbers are lesser? What if I have great individual numbers and not the team success? It seems like, based on Patrick Mahomes and other guys who've gotten paid, I'm protected no matter how this is flipped. So how can you flip it on Lamar Jackson to make it a negative? Because I'll break down the truth. Um, Patrick Mahomes, he may have gotten worse as far as gross numbers, but ratio-wise, he still got better. Mm. 
talk about his MVP season, 50 touchdowns, 12 picks. Yeah, yeah. Following year, 26 touchdowns, 5 picks. You double that number, the 26 and the 5, you still got 52 touchdowns, 10 picks. Mm-hmm. So from a ratio touchdown interception perspective, Patrick Mahomes, still better. Yeah, yeah. Even that year Patrick Mahomes went to the Super Bowl the following season where he went to the Super Bowl and lost. That was better than last year when he had 38 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and he didn't go as far. Lamar Jackson's getting worse both in gross numbers, 36 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns, 16 touchdowns, and ratio, six interceptions, nine interceptions, 13 interceptions. So either way you slice the pie, Lamar Jackson's getting a smaller piece. Except it don't really matter. They had greater team success the year prior when they finally win a playoff game. Like, Lamar Jackson's like, look, dog, which way y'all want it? I went out there and gave y'all all the numbers in the world, which you didn't think I could do, and that didn't lead up to the team. So, when are you going to win a playoff game? Then he wins one, and then they're like, oh, when are you going to win more? And he's like, look, I had the most injury-riddled team last year. Mm-hmm. Second, first, second, third running back gone. Depleted all around up front on the defensive side. Uh, in terms of this contract, though, there's only one way this can go bad. The team doesn't do anything, and Lamar doesn't do anything. But it looks like, in terms of his history, his resume, one, if not both, are going to do something. Lamar hasn't showed us that I'm going to be lesser, and the team's going to be lesser, unless I'm injured. Coming up, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Former player says he'd rather have face Brady every day of the week. We'll tell you if this is fair or foul. Next on Speak for Yourself, fireworks time. Tom Brady is a seven-time Super Bowl champion. Lord. The former Pro Bowl linebacker Bar Scott said, quote, I'd much rather go against Tom Brady every day of the week than go against Peyton Manning. Woo! He added Brady was, quote, more about Bill Belichick, the entire team, the execution, and them having a game plan. So I chose Bar Scott's comments, Tom Brady, fair, foul. It's on the line. Don't it's on line. the line. Mm. Uh, it's more fair than foul, though. Okay. All, everything that he said was fair. The only piece that was foul was when he said it was more about Bill Belichick than Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady has clearly proven that he is a bigger driving factor to success than Bill Belichick. But let's have a real conversation. Let's go. I played against old Peyton, older Tom. You played against young Peyton, younger Tom. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Peyton Manning's scarier than Tom Brady. Say it again. Like, by far and away. <sighs> and I, here's what I love. Mm. Because Stell has sat in defensive meeting rooms. I have sat in defensive meeting rooms. Mm. So this isn't even like an, uh, really a subjective conversation. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Based upon sitting in defensive meeting rooms with several defensive coordinators mm-hmm. on several different teams, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning was significantly scarier than Tom Brady because Peyton Manning would make you wrong. Oof. Tom Brady Oof. would just wait for you to be wrong. Mm. And there's a difference. Oh, I like that. I like that. There's a pivotal difference, I y'all. I like that. Peyton Man- you could come out in a simple cover three defense, cornerback has a third, cornerback has a third, safety has a third, we in cover three. <laughs> Peyton Manning, he'll come to the line, Omaha, Omaha, he gonna check, cover three beater. He's gonna run a comeback, simple cover three beater. He gonna make you wrong. Mm. Tom Brady will just come out there, huh, safety, he's out of alignment because I can tell that the outside linebacker is blitzing, but if the outside linebacker is blitzing, the safety should be covering down on my tight end. The safety is not walked to cover down on my tight end, so I'm going to exploit you because you are already wrong. But there's something different there between somebody making you wrong and you being wrong. See, if somebody makes you wrong, you can never be right. 
But Tom Brady has to wait on you to become wrong. Mm. And to me, that's mm. why I, I say it's point. more fair than it's foul. Because when you played against Peyton Manning, it was as though you were never right. When you played against Tom Brady, he was just going to wait for you to be wrong. Because yeah. eventually you will be, and yeah. he'll exploit it. Yeah, man, this conversation, it sounds hyperbolic when you read it on the headlines. But if you dive deep into it, you realize not hyperbolic at all. This is just the pulse of the nation. And we are the nation in terms of being former defenders, in terms of being there with the defensive coordinators. And which one has sleepless nights when they had to face Peyton Manning? Don't say his name three times because it's going to be like <laughs> Candyman or Tom Brady. No shots at Tom Brady, at y'all. All, this t- this Tom Brady's is a great quarterback. Lay these facts down as they were laid. One was pick number one and one was pick 199. They didn't get it that wrong. <laughs> From hello, they didn't get it that wrong. You're right. right? They might have been wrong. Yeah. But they weren't that wrong. They weren't that wrong. And Peyton Manning, <laughs> dog, Peyton Manning hit the ground, and he didn't hit it running. But when he finally found his traction, he was off to the races. In his 17-year career versus Tom Brady, just the years they overlap, Peyton Manning beats him. Completion percentage, yards, touchdown. Like, it's not even a conversation. Let me give you a couple of examples that maybe drive this point home. We're playing Peyton Manning, right? Monday Night Football. Rifle, rifle, whole first half, rifle. I'm like, wait a minute, Peyton Manning now here slipping. Rifle means run right, run right, run right. Oh, look out, Edrin, look out, Edrin. Tackle. I'm saying, ah! Come out, second half. This is before Omaha. I don't know when Omaha started. Rifle, rifle. Run right. Ooh, let me hold that. Edrin going like this. You know how Edrin used to look, the braids flying. <laughs> and then we're like, where the skinny receiver at, Marvin Harrison? He in there doing this. Touchdown, touchdown. Rifle chains like that. To your point, Peyton Manning will make you, make wrong. you wrong. He'll give you bait. Peyton Manning, his head was a calculator on that field. Literally and figuratively. This dude will go out there and compute things. Versus Tom Brady, young Tom Brady. No fear in our coordinators. To the point where Eric Mangini used to come on this show and said, they didn't even have a ton of faith in young Tom Brady, but it was working. Mm -hmm. He used to say to him and the coaches used to sit there and be like, I don't know if he's going to be accurate with this football, but he obviously blossomed and matured to Tom Brady. But don't let all this team success masquerade that there was a moment when you had to go against that quarterback or that quarterback, and it was obviously you'd rather face Brady than Peyton Manning. I love it because cats don't understand. Like, they might just think this is hate. Oh, Peyton Manning got seven – Tom Brady got seven Super Bowls. He's clearly better. Tom Brady's more consistent. Yeah. Tom Brady's healthier. Yeah. Um, Play Tom longer. Brady played longer. Tom Brady had better teams around him. Mm-hmm. But Peyton Manning was a monster, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll say it like this. My, the, the running backs that gave me the most fear sell – weren't necessarily the best running backs. True. Okay. okay. The running backs that gave me the most fear were the running backs that could embarrass me. Mm. Right? Like Marshawn Lynch, because he Mm. might run you over. Mm. LaShawn McCoy, because he might shake you out your shoes. But not necessarily even if they were the best. It was the ones that, like, could embarrass you. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady's not going to embarrass you. Mm. His team might, Mm. but Tom Brady will never have you out there embarrassed. Peyton Manning will have you feeling stupid. <laughs> like, truly stupid. Yeah, Peyton yeah. Manning will let, will let you tip off your hand of a blitz, then he'll call you out, then he'll check into the perfect opposition for your blitz call. Mm. He will embarrass you. Yeah. Whereas Tom Brady's team around him, you might be embarrassed because of the final score, mm. but Tom Brady ain't going to do anything that's truly going to embarrass you. Tom Brady is a greater quarterback than Peyton Manning because I truly respect team success, and I respect how Tom Brady makes everyone around him better. Yeah. So I'm not undermining Tom Brady at all. I think he's one of the greatest winners of all time in any sport. But Peyton Manning, 
Dude. Dude, man, look, Bar Scott, the only thing I would take exception with, don't call Tom Brady a system quarterback, obviously with the results now. Even back then, it can't be you're a system quarterback. Why? Because we just saw a greater quarterback than you, a better quarterback than you, first $100 million player in the NFL, Drew Bledsoe, play that position. Mm-hmm. And we saw you play it different. So I never went to the point where I would take a shot at Tom Brady like he's system. I was just saying, whew. If Peyton Manning was in that system, good Lord, I don't know the results. But Peyton Manning, five-time MVP, seven-time All-Pro versus Brady, three and three. No conversation in terms of which one's through. Hey, we might need to rank these top five quarterbacks all time tomorrow. Oh, the big board's still there, dog. We go right now. Let's go get it tomorrow for sure. Coming up, should the Lakers run it back with Russell Westbrook? We'll answer that next. Don't speak for yourself. (laughs) Or are you... The Lakers did not make the playoffs in Russell Westbrook's first season with the team. And his future in L.A. is in doubt. But that's not it. A report says the Lakers are not expected to get a commitment from LeBron James before the draft and free agency. Which Mm. is making the long-term outlook for the Clint team not very clear. So, should the Lakers run it back with Russell Westbrook? Absolutely run it back. You can't make a proper evaluation of this team without a healthy Anthony Davis, right? It just skews everything you do in terms of evaluation. Why? Because before Anthony Davis came here, they didn't even make the playoffs. Anthony Davis shows up, they win a championship. Anthony Davis gets hurt again, they struggle once again. So Russell Westbrook is appropriately your number three option. Anytime you look at him any differently, you're not going to look at him properly. Now, let's talk about what his greatest ability is. Availability. Who played the most games of the Lakers last year? Russell Westbrook. People want to slight Russell Westbrook. Oh, man, too many turnovers. What y'all talking about, fool? He had fewer turnovers than he's had in the last eight years playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, he didn't shoot that well. What are y'all talking about? Russell Wilson, I mean, Wilson. Westbrook had a higher field goal percentage than he did last year before you guys acquired him. All I'm looking at is like, dog, if this dude is your number three option, you got something special. When you have to slot him up a little higher because AD's not available, then that skews everything in evaluation. Please don't run it back. Don't. Please do not run it back. Please, please. If, if you're going to run it back, it's almost like, what's your intention for running it back? Help. Again, I talked about it, man. Help. LeBron James, a suitable helper in the garden. Adam needed a suitable <laughs> helper finding Eve. If LeBron needs a suitable helper, what does LeBron James need help with? Somebody who can make a three. Somebody who can space the court out. LeBron James does not need help with another ball-dominant scorer. With another guy who needs to have the ball in his hands to last minute dish it out to drop dimes. Mm. LeBron James is an assist leader mm. recently in the NBA. Two years ago. Yeah. He does not need a walking triple-double. It's not what he needs. <laughs> so why would you want to run it back with Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook is not all of a sudden going to learn how to shoot the three in year 14. Russell Westbrook is not all of a sudden going to learn how to be a distributor without having to be pre- predominantly uh, a, a ball handler. Russell Westbrook's not going to learn how to run off screens and make open J's. That's not his game. Mm. You know exactly who Russell Westbrook is. And Russell Westbrook does not fit the Lakers. Oh. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. One of the most electric players in basketball of this generation? Yes. Is he a walking triple-double? Sure. But is he a necessary component to the Los Angeles Lakers? Absolutely not. Oh, man, it's crazy. So it's, it's redundant in the Lakers in terms of what LeBron need. He needs something different. But then we look at the champions. 
their third option didn't need to do anything different. Do more the same. Jordan Poole, we all can shoot threes. Oh, shoot threes with us, and let's just have some. Oh, we can't play defense. Clay here a little bit hurt. Oh, you can't either? Amazing. It works up at Golden State. Y'all be slighting Westbrook because y'all think Westbrook in y'all mind is still a number one. On the Lakers, he a number three. And if you compare Westbrook to, let's even go to the losers, Marcus Smart, Jordan Poole, even Wiggins. Westbrook got them in scoring rebounds, and assists. Y'all got to put some respect on this dude if you want to properly look at him. If you got him slotted out of position, I get it. Don't run it back. But if you're going to have him with a healthy AD and LeBron still balling at the tender age of 38, you got something special. Run it back, Lakers, so my Clippers could beat y'all. Coming up, (laughs) Carroll said the Seahawks quarterback situation is in good shape without Russell Wilson. Tell you if he's keeping it 100 or 99. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Well, you didn't catch my point. <laughs> On this show, we only know how to keep it 100, but y'all out there, some of y'all keep it 99. So each day we're going to get to the bottom. Who's really telling the truth? Case in point, Seahawks will be without Russell Wilson, at quarterback, for the first time in 10 years. But Pete Carroll seems fine with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Hmm? Take a listen. Uh-oh. Uh, we're in good shape at the position, and we just got to see what happens. And, and the games are going to be important, and everything will be important. Be careful, keep it 100 or keep it 99. This is one of the biggest lives in the history of our show. Uh, Zero. I mean, you can't say we're in a good position and say we got to see what happens. If you're in a good position, you don't have to see what happens because you know what's going to happen. Good thing's going to happen. The other thing you can't say is that the games are important because that means you're going to learn when it counts. I want to learn before it counts, not once it counts. Yeah, he said the games are important. Just pull a string and just say anything. Like, give us some content. Give us some meaning. Give us some insight onto what you've seen from Drew Locke. There is a potential in Drew Locke. Absolutely. And there's something when you talk about Geno Smith. It's like, he has moments. And tell us that we're seeing more moments. But when you go out there and then try to contrast it with the departure of Russell Wilson. And I think that, just be honest, I would just, you know, hey, it's going to be a big loss, but we got some young guys that are in the system. Yeah. Oh, no. Pete ain't long for this one. <laughs> I don't think Pete ready for this one. Well, the games are important. We're going to see then. That's it for us. We'll see y'all tomorrow.